Several of you know that my wife Rose is an import. Uh, she was born on one of the nine Portuguese Azores islands called Tor Torceda, and she can correct my pronunciation after church is over. <laughs> I have visited Portugal three times. Guess what language they speak in Portugal? They speak Portuguese. Guess who doesn't speak Portuguese? Me. I'm a foreigner there. When Rose and I visit Portugal and we stay with the relatives or we get with the relatives and we go out and about and we do things and those relatives who speak English, then when they're talking Portuguese to the Portuguese people, then I feel perfectly fine. Calm, no problem. Whenever we go out, Rose and I walk down the street or something, and I happen upon a, a Portuguese person who doesn't speak English, and I have to communicate with him, <laughs> I ain't home. I am a foreigner there. When I was uh, in the summer before my eighth grade, our family moved 185 miles away from my hometown. So come the fall, new town, new school, eighth grade, and puberty. A great combination for a wonderful start of a year. I was more uncomfortable there than I was with all the uncomfortable feelings I ever had in Portugal combined. A few months ago, Rose and I went to the teeming metropolis of Ferdinand, Indiana. Who's been to Ferdinand? <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, we were gonna eat in one of their uh, Michelin star restaurants in downtown. So whenever Rose and I walked into this little joint, I mean, fancy restaurant, and all the people turned to stare at us when we walked in, I had to jump between Rose and the door so she wouldn't leave. Just kidding. I beat her out the door. Just kidding. Um, the people were really very nice but they were wondering who in the heck are those strangers that are coming in? That's what they did. Do you like being a foreigner? Do you like being in a place where people stare at you like maybe you have this third eye in the middle of your forehead? Do you like being in a place where you have to stay for a while but you're not comfortable and you're not one of them. So, why are you here today? Now, here meaning here or watching online, whatever the case may be. Maybe you're a kid and you don't have much of a choice. Maybe your significant other or your spouse put pressure on you to show up and to be here. Or maybe your marriage is in trouble and you think, well, if I go to church, maybe that'll help out my marriage. Or maybe you're here because it, it's a habit. Or perhaps 
you love God, you've made a commitment to follow Jesus, and you want to grow in your relationship with him. Wouldn't it be spectacular if whenever we came up out of the baptistry, that from that point on, following Jesus was easy peasy. The reality is, for most of us, becoming a Christian was probably the easy thing. But from that point on, growing in our relationship with Jesus, that's the hard part. Do you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus? Now, when we're in here, when we're watching at home, the answer to that question is an easy yes. But I want you to consider what is it going to cost you if you say you want to grow? Do you want to pay that price? What if you have worked for a long time and you have accumulated whatever or you have attained something or you've reached this position and then out of nowhere Jesus communicates to you the thing that you've worked hard for yeah I, I, I want you to do something with it get rid of it or whatever what do you do then? What do you do whenever Jesus tells you to do something that is downright scary? When he says, I want you to do this, and, and it's frightening to you that you would do this, do you begin automatically to make excuses? Whether you say them out loud, do you in your brain begin to make excuses? Or when Jesus calls you to do something that's downright scary, do you then begin to see if I can, can, can I afford to do this? Now, I don't mean necessarily afford in money, but can I afford to give up my plans? Can I afford to give up my dreams? Can I afford to give up whatever? Whenever Jesus tells you to do something and you know it's him, do you then try to calculate the cost to see if you can afford to do what he's told you and what you know he's told you to do? Or if Jesus told you to do something that was downright scary, would you say, okay, I'll start, I need your help, but I will take the first step and go in the direction of doing what it seems like you're telling me to do. One of the words associated with our growing in our relationship with Jesus is the religious word, sanctification. Sanctification, the way we become sanctified, the way we become to being made holy, the way we are cleaned up for God's use, the way that we are becoming more like Jesus, all of those things, sanctified, that happens whenever we listen to and follow and obey God's Holy Spirit. He's the one that cleans us up. We cannot do this cleaning up on our own. That's why we rely on him. It's like when your kids are outside and they're all muddy and dirty and it's not really warm weather 
and you don't want them to come into the house looking like that, so you go over to the hose, and you want to squirt them off. It's not warm water, and they're not going to like it. For them to be clean, they have to submit to your hosing them down. Kind of like that when we submit to God's Spirit. Peter mentioned that the way we belong to God is through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. That is, God making us, the Holy Spirit making us clean in God's eyes. The Apostle Paul said essentially the same thing, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But we ought always, always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. When I played basketball in high school and college, I chose to uh, give up my privileges, my time, and my energy to my coach. I wanted to be a better ball player, so I listened to and I obeyed him when he taught me about running and about scrimmaging. I listened to him and obeyed him when he talked to me about running and learning plays. I paid attention to what he said and obeyed him when he talked about running and playing defense. I obeyed my coach when he said something about running and running again and working hard. I loved running a lot. It was my favorite thing to do. Because I wanted to be a better player, I listened to my coach and I did what he told me to do. It's kind of like that with the Holy Spirit. If we want to be better in our relationship with Jesus, we need to listen to God's Spirit. I want to be more devoted in my Christian walk. I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to be bolder in sharing my faith. I want to love people better than I do. I would suspicion that you are here online or here because you want the same things, that you want to be more devoted to God. You want to love people more. You want to be closer to Jesus, and you want to be bolder in sharing your faith. So what's the plan in doing those things? How do we accomplish all of those things in getting closer to Jesus? I think it goes something like this. I pay attention to my coach, the Holy Spirit, and I do what he tells me to do. Even when I don't 
particularly want to do what he tells me to do. Am I perfect in my obedience? I am not. There are things that come after me, don't always make it. So what do I do when I'm wrong? Well, as God's word says, as a Christian, I go to God, I confess my sin to him, ask him for his forgiveness, and he grants me forgiveness for the wrong. And then I go on and I live and then I mess up again and I do the same thing again. I come to God, I confess to him where I've done wrong and he forgives me. Do you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus? If you say you want to, are you willing to listen to and obey what the Holy Spirit says for you to do? Even when and maybe particularly when it's something that you don't want to do. Let's pause for a moment. Maybe during the past few minutes, God's Spirit has spoken to you and has communicated to your heart that there is something that he wants you to do, a behavior he wants you to change, or maybe there's something he's been working on you, on you for a long time, but you've just been putting him off, pushing him away. But maybe you've been reminded of that again right now this morning. So we're just going to take just a very brief time. If God's Spirit has communicated to you something that he wants you to do, to change, and you know it, then go ahead. You don't have to close your eyes. You can if you want. You don't have to bow your head. But go ahead and tell God, God, I hear what your Spirit is saying to me, and I am willing to change. So if, if that's you, go ahead. Take about 10 seconds and tell him that. How does God's Spirit communicate with us? I'm going to mention six ways that God's Spirit communicates with us. Um, believe you me, He is not limited to those six ways, but I'm going to mention six ways this morning. Number one, God's Spirit communicates with us, us through the Bible. When we read the Bible and we find things in it that we know we need to do. God's Spirit is communicating to us. We need to do it. Sometimes, sometimes we'll read through something we've read 10, 20, 100, 1,000 times before, but this time it's different. It's like God's Spirit is smacking us upside the head saying, I want you to pay particular attention to this this time. God wants you. God wants you to hear him. Do you ever ask God to speak to you as you read? God wants to more than you want to. God wants to speak. God is looking for you. He is seeking you. He is, there is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. 
is 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those who hearts, whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for you, but there's a catch. The catch is this. The you that he is looking for is the you that has a heart fully committed to him. Is your heart fully committed to him? Do you want your heart fully committed to him? You know if you are fully committed to your spouse or significant other or your parents or your kids, you know. Everything in a relationship may not be perfect, but you know if you are fully committed to that person. You know if you're fully committed to God. You know. You know. Are you fully committed to Him? Or do you want just enough of God for him to save you, but not enough of him to change you to make you look like a foreigner or a stranger. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. When our hearts are fully committed to God, we will become a foreigner. When our hearts are committed to God, people will see us as a stranger. Not everybody, but some people. Some people might look at us as if we're weird. But that's okay because this place is not our home. And we are foreigners. First Peter 1.17, Peter says... Since you call on a father who judges each person's, person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Paul is telling the readers of his letter in the first century and us today, Jesus' followers on earth are foreigners or strangers. We might live here, this ain't home. Do you see yourself more at home or do you see yourself more as a foreigner? I fear far too many of us try our best to get as comfortable as we can in a place that God never intended for us to call home. Let me say that again. I fear far too many of us try to get as comfortable as we can in a place that God never intended for us to call home. Are you at home or are you a foreigner? God's Spirit communicates with us through the Bible. Secondly, sometimes, and you may have experienced this already this morning, God's Spirit will tug at our heart as we're singing a worship song. And in that song, 
God's Spirit may be saying through the words and through the music, and if we like music and singing, we are more susceptible to this than those who don't really care for songs so much. But God's Spirit may be talking to us and how He wants us to surrender. Maybe all of ourselves, or maybe there's something in a, in, about our life that He wants us to surrender an attitude or a behavior or an object or something or plan. Or maybe in a song, it's talking about being bolder. Like the song we sing that talks about Peter being bold enough to step out of the boat to walk toward Jesus on the water. Sometimes God, Holy Spirit, speaks to us as we're singing a worship song. Maybe someone has a need and you feel this compulsion to help them. Sometimes God's Spirit speaks to us by welling up inside of us this compassion we have for someone else. Maybe we want to help them. Maybe we want to go to them. Maybe we want to give them money. Maybe we want to come alongside them and go through, with, go through this terrible thing that they're going through. We want to go with them. So maybe God speaks to us through having our heart be compassionate in loving someone. I know that God's Spirit has spoken to me through other people. God's Spirit has spoken to me through other people when they've corrected me. It's what I needed. God used them and they offered correction. There have been times when God's Spirit has spoken through other people to challenge me, to challenge me to be more than I am, to do something that puts me out of my comfort zone, to go where I don't want to go, to do what I don't want to do. I have been challenged by God's Spirit, through other people. Sometimes, another way, number five, God's Spirit will bring a name to my mind. And I have learned, because I've done this many times, I have learned that what God wants me to do is to call them, visit them, text, email, to give them something, to go be with them. And it's not some sort of magical thing, but but a name will come to my mind and if I pay attention and I do what God wants me to do and go see that person, make contact with them, after I have talked to that person, then I have this sense of peace that I know God has wanted me to do that. I would encourage you that when God puts a name in your heart, when he puts a name in your brain, that you listen to him and ask him, what shall I do? And you'll probably know, and you may not want to talk to them, but you probably should. God's Spirit does that with me. I bet he does it with you. Are you listening? Are you obeying? Way number six. What would you do if God's Spirit actually spoke to you. He's spoken to people before, you know. If God spoke to you, used words, communicated to your heart. If he spoke to you, would you listen? If God's Spirit spoke to you, would you obey him and do what he told you to do? So I mentioned only six ways of God's Spirit communicating with us. Through the Bible, through worship songs, 
by tugging at our hearts through Christian friends, by placing names or thoughts in our mind, and by speaking to us. Now, how does God sometimes communicate with you? How about letting him, his, him expand his repertoire in speaking with you? How would you like God to speak to you? And when he does, what will happen? I have three questions. Question number one. Am I willing to live as a foreigner? Am I willing to be different than just about everyone else? Am I willing to be thought of by those who are not following Jesus as being strange or maybe even a little weird? Or am I willing to be a foreigner such that some people, because my following Jesus, they just don't want to be around me? Am I willing to live as a foreigner? Question number two. Will I ask God to have his Holy Spirit to communicate with me? Now, when you do that, it can be costly. If you're serious when you ask God, this question, then he's going to answer and there are going to be things that God's Spirit is going to tell you and you're going to go, okay, I think I asked for this, did I not? And you're going to know, you're going to know that God's Spirit is wanting you to obey what he's telling you. Question number three, will I obey the Spirit's lead, whatever that may be? Every one of us in here have different things that work on us. Every one of us in here, God's Spirit communicates with us and there are things that he wants us to change, to give over to him, to submit to him, to give ourselves to him, to let him change us, to give ourselves to him, to let him guide us and we follow, to give ourselves to him and let him have the permission he needs to mold us and shape us and change us any way he chooses. Not holding back one iota of ourselves. Is that hard? Yes. Is it what God says? Yes. What will you do? Would you bow your head, please? If you have never made a commitment to follow Jesus, and as I've mentioned, becoming a Christian is the easy thing, but growing in your relationship with Jesus, while it is way worth it, 
It is difficult. If you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, you can do that today. If you've made a commitment to follow Jesus, but you've never been immersed, you can do that today. If you want to know whether you're a Christian now or not, what your next step is in in getting closer to Jesus, we can together figure that out. If you want someone to pray with you or for you, that can happen today. If you have a need, and it's maybe even something I'm not mentioning when this service is over, and you walk out of this room toward the lobby, If you go to the right in the lobby, you will see our welcome center. And at the welcome center, you will find trained decision guides who are there to listen and talk with you. If what you want is private, then you and they can go down the hall and have your conversation. No problem. If you're watching online, contact us through the email, the phone number, and we will get in touch with you no later than tomorrow, and we can discuss what you wanted to talk about. God, thank you that when Jesus returned to heaven, He sent your spirit to be here on this planet. He sent your spirit to live inside those of us who follow Jesus. God, may we be better listeners. May we be better in obeying what you tell us. I mean, we know that your way is best. But we choose wrongly too often. Thank you, God, for your patience and your kindness and your continuing forgiveness. Thank you for your guidance through your Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name.